Welcome back, Primal Athletics listeners. Uh, thanks for joining today. We've got a special guest. I'm super pumped to have Rory McKernan on the episode today. Um, so we want to say thank you first off for giving us your time. Um, and I think our members are going to be very appreciative. Um, Rory's the uh, former face of CrossFit Media, um, now media director for Noble, and has his hands in a bunch of different uh, fitness endeavors. So um, most of you probably know the face, and today you'll get to know uh, maybe a little bit more of the insight behind the man on the screen. Um, so before we started here, we we're speaking about uh, his his most recent um, project was the United in Movement um, and Relief Effort, which just kind of wrapped up this past weekend. Um, so Rory, if you can maybe speak a little bit how that went, uh, if you guys met the goals that you set out to achieve and um, how that all played yeah, out. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, thank you guys for having me. This is awesome. Um, I, I should first set the record straight with small but important detail that um, the uh, my, my relationship with Noble is no longer as their media director. Uh, moved on to an official role actually working with Froning and CrossFit Mayhem and, and uh, actually creating a little bit of my own media as well. So while they still remain fantastic friends, I'm not actually officially part of Team Noble. Um, however, I am very, very proud to say that they were one of the largest contributors to the United in Movement um, effort, which was, in my in my opinion, like you already said, but it was a huge success. Um, you know, these are we were talking before the cameras are rolling. These are just weird and strange times, and to obviously CrossFit HQ was doing. A, a, sorry, does the lawnmower come through? Can you guys hear that? I know we're all in a strange, strange <laughs> we're world. Okay, great. The, the microphone's yeah. professional enough. But just so you know, I'm hearing a, a lawnmower just like uh, back and forth. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, in in an effort to bring everyone together, and I have to really, um, you know, I'm going to boost up uh, Matt O'Keefe more than pretty much anyone because while this was a multilateral, multi-brand approach. Uh, Matt was really the driving force behind it. Like the guy, I don't even know what he does. He plugs himself into the wall and just keeps on going, you know? And um, I can't imagine how many conversations he had, how many, um, I, well, I know for a fact he was on Zoom calls with like hundreds of brands at a time and then hundreds of athletes at a time just trying to get everybody rallied around the cause. And the result was um, what I think was a really cool 24-hour broadcast, not in the sense of like, it, it was, it's not going to be on network television, right? It wasn't, uh, it wasn't groundbreaking in that sense, but the fact that it was just a, it was a really cool indication of how many people wanted to be on board, how many people wanted to be involved. And, you know, we could probably could have fit 48 hours worth of content in there because there was people banging the door down literally just to be like, you know, what can I do? Um, so, uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, for me really, really uplifting at a time where I don't know how you guys have been, but for me, it's been real peaks and valleys, right? Like I'll be super motivated one day and oh, I'm going to do this and oh shit, while I'm at home, I'm still going to, I'm going to learn to play guitar and speak Spanish and do all these things as well as being a fitness guy. Um, and then other days I'm like, what's it all about? What are, you know, what are we, doing? <laughs> you know, I, I quit, yeah. I'm out. And so, uh, the United in movement, uh, it offered an opportunity for all of us to kind of throw our weight into what we do best and, um, and rally the community in the, in the, uh, in the interim. So, um, yeah, I loved it. I loved it. That's one of those, uh, topics we've been speaking on almost every episode is that, um, how adversity can like, you know, pull the community together, not only your immediate communities, but the CrossFit community at large, it's like this, um, you know, you united against a common enemy, um, and I think it's, it's very apparent how that brings people together. And you probably have fresh in your mind with, uh, um, the tornadoes that went through Cookville and, 
um, now with the global pandemic of, you know, people coming together in response to that crisis. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a, it's a cool indication of, um, I guess, character in some sense, like if you're looking at an individual, but yeah, when you look at communities who come together, you mentioned the tornado was, um, they literally here in Cookville and, and obviously this was not fitness based. It was just people helping people. They had to turn away, uh, volunteers. They put out a public address and they were like, Hey, thank you so much. But literally it was like, you know, the Dane cook where he's like, there was a million firefighters. And he's like, that's an exaggeration. Shut up. Like there were so <laughs> many people that they were all running into each other, you know, like there was just too many people. Yeah. They had to ask for people to, um, look for other ways to help. So that, that, yeah, that kind of thing is, is really uplifting for me. And, um, you know, I think that especially with this COVID-19 stuff, it's, it's not harder to find if you're looking, but it's harder to find if you're just watching the news because it's really focused on negative and it's really mm. focused on uh, tragedies, um, scary stuff, um, go run and hide. But um, I, I've even seen like, um, I'm going to mess up his name, but uh, is it John Krasinski, the guy from, uh, from The Office? Oh, yeah, the, yeah. Some Good News he started? Yeah, yeah. Some Good News. And uh, yeah, stuff like that is a, uh, it's really cool to see those. I'll, I'll watch every single episode of that or, you know, actively seek out some of the positive news coming out of this because it's, uh, it'll bring tears to your eyes just seeing like on a daily basis happening, like small acts of human kindness in, in this kind of a tragedy. But, um, but yeah, and I think we're all partial to our own little communities. And so CrossFit for me is like, is my community. And I think that we're particularly good about it. I think it's, um, I think it's indica- indicated by like hero workouts. I think it's indicated by, you know, you could look before COVID-19 was even something that people knew about. You could have looked any given weekend and seen a fundraiser that was going on for a family who was in need or had lost a loved one or a gym member who had, you know, name your ailment. It, you see this like, it's almost, um, it's almost just all over the place all the time with CrossFit. Um, I think, I've never gotten immune to it, but um, I think that we can sometimes lose sight of the fact that like we're uniquely good at that as well. Yeah. And that's kind of like the ultimate goal of training and especially in the CrossFit methodology, it's like you are already prepared uh, to face adversity because that's kind of what you're doing every day um, in that community, in the wads. Um, Even if you don't have that mindset going in of like, you know, you're preparing for life, but that's really what you're doing at the end of the day. Yeah, not and not just that, but also like strengthening community bond uh, um, ties as well. Like, so I'd, I'd love to actually hear about uh, Eric both gyms. But um, you know, I think that's that's what people are like. Oh, what's going to happen? Are gyms going to go under? Are they going to fail? And and in, in my heart of hearts, I absolutely believe that people are so craving the connection that comes with being part of, especially a CrossFit affiliate, like that unique uh, bond. Uh, you know, uh, ties that bind us. That, um, yeah, to your point, yes, we're harder to kill because we're more fit and we eat better and you've got all the, you know, your biometrics have gone in the right way because of the way that you live your life. But I also think that we're better suited for this kind of thing because of the social connections that we have as well. Yeah, no, it's been like unbelievable how supportive our community was just with um, everybody continuing to like continue their membership and be okay with zoom classes. And we lent out equipment and stuff and, and, you know, 90% of our members have stuck with us through this, um, which is just a huge show of support. And, you know, me and all the coaches just appreciate that so much. Um, and it's, and the other thing is we've seen, like, when I talk to our members, they're like, Oh, I'm so excited to get back. This has made me appreciate like the community 
um, aspect of it. I can't push myself by myself as much. And yeah, um, so it's been pretty cool to, to see that. But yeah, um, I mean, like surely you've got members who have been there since, so if you open in 2010, you've got members who have been around for almost a decade. Like they're just yeah. frothing to get back in and yeah. hang out with the homies, right? Like right. most people just, they go to the CrossFit gym and then they hang out for an hour afterwards anyways. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Do you, as, as far as like CrossFit as a whole, um, like you were involved with HQ pretty tight knit, obviously. Yeah, how, how do you think this will affect like the CrossFit brand as a whole? Um, man, I, I, in my, that's just from the bottom of my heart. I, I really am feeling for what CrossFit age you must be going through. They're doing the right thing. And, and I don't understand the, the, um, the magnitude of it, but I understand that if your gym is closed, which 90% of the gyms, at least in the United States and probably more elsewhere, um, have their doors shut. And I understand that they're not making them pay their affiliate dues at least, uh, during that time. So that, that's a big move. Seminars are a big source of income, so they're hurting there. Um, I'm guessing most people who are listening to this probably follow Morning Chalk Up and Tommy Marquez did a pretty interesting analysis of where they um, where they may be. And so, where uh, where do I think wh- what do I think about CrossFit HQ? I'm sure that they're just absolutely hurting. And of course, I've got close friends there. I know that they went through another round of layoffs. I know that a lot of people have taken mm-hmm. pay, pay cuts. Um, which isn't unique to CrossFit HQ, right? I mean, gyms are going through this um, restaurant. You, you name what any business and, and uh, tons of people are going through this. But um, I do think that if any community can bounce back, it's certainly the CrossFit community as far as uh, CrossFit HQ. I don't, you know, I don't have any like unique insights into um, what, what the business looks like, but um, I can say that it's going to be as hard for them to bounce back as it is for anybody. Because uh, they're just so uniquely hit in terms of seminars and and gyms, right? Yeah, I'm I'm hoping you know Greg Glassman talks about like the eloquent or eloquent solution um, to uh, the epidemic of like you know obesity and all that stuff, yeah. and I'm hoping that they can kind of capitalize on the fact that you know your your best defense to COVID or any of these kind of outbreaks that might come in the future is um, taking care of yourself and CrossFit, at least in my opinion, is the best way to do that. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, it's funny. It's like, I've seen people get beat up for actually sending that message out during this time. Is it like, mm. as if it's, as if they're fat shaming or something? Um, because it is, <laughs> it can come off as tone deaf if you don't do it the right way. Right. Especially in a time when for people sure. are dying from, um, but, but there are undeniable links to lifestyle and, um, underlying conditions and, and the way that, uh, people have set themselves up either. Well, um, like Tyler was saying, you know, like they have been training, they have been putting the, the hay in the barn and they've been ready for something like this to come out, um, or not. They've been, they've been living a lifestyle that is not conducive to fighting off a deadly virus. Um, but yeah, no, I, I certainly it seems as if there's indication and, and uh, science to back up the fact that, yeah, we're, we're better suited for this. And, and I think people will rethink the way they live afterwards. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a weird time to kind of to sell it to people, right? It's, um, right. It is weird also. It's funny, CrossFit and, and um, uh, you know, a, a bunch of us were, um, were affected by this negatively. But for better or worse, CrossFit changed the way that they do things in January. And a big part of that was the at-home workouts. And it's a shame that that it would be a much different world for them, I think, if that was a monetized product. 
and maybe that would lose a little bit of the luster of what Greg is trying to do anyways. Like he, he likes to provide things for free and give value. Um, but I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, man, they've been doing at-home training for since January of last year. And uh, here we are where everybody's doing freaking at-home training. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw a funny meme like um, everybody's making fun of the couch and the milk jugs. <laughs> right. and now, Who's laughing are. now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is like a perfect time though to go back to those uh, like root mechanics that we've kind of talking about on prior episodes is this is an opportunity to like rebuild, um, you know, your basic mechanics. And when you are like faced with, you know, minimalist equipment and stuff, that's where the real uh, dirty work happens. That's like, you can become a much better athlete right now, even if you don't have barbells and rigs and all the fun stuff. Damn right, dude. Absolutely. I've, uh, and I guess everyone's weaknesses are unique to them, but, um, I've done more running and like gymnastic core work since this whole thing kicked off. Like you're looking at my garage. I actually don't have a lot of, we, we only moved about six months ago and I haven't fitted out a, a legit gym. So it's like kettlebell, sandbag, uh, ruck, and a couple of Yeti coolers that I can jump on. But other than that, it's like it's body weight and it's uh, stuff against the wall or it's getting out and, and pounding the pavement um, and working on running. So, no, you're, you're totally right, man. And it's, I think what is also cool about that is the fact that in 2006, 7, 8, we didn't have a lot of like really, well, there weren't a lot of gyms, first of all. Um, so you could find fantastic trainers, but it was a little bit more difficult. And I think it's gotten to a place where this is forcing a lot of people who have become fantastic trainers, but they're, they're one or two trick ponies to have to kind of rejigger and get a little creative so that it's going to benefit everyone who's, who's then following those kind of leaders in the space. Um, and yeah, but by through that creativity, they're going to have to, they're going to have to realize that, yeah, you can beat yourself up. Like what if we go back to PVC pipes or, um, you know, really, really working hard on technique or some of these things that are less sexy and less fun. Like what if I do 800 meter repeats or, I work on my handstands and it's not as cool when you post it on Instagram, but it's super beneficial to your fitness and it's super beneficial to your overall health. Absolutely. That's why in any sport, you fundamentals. Uh, no exception in ours. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely agree. Um, and it's been, yeah, like frankly, it's been fun to watch a lot of people who, um, a lot of the top athletes still have like a, a beautifully fitted out rogue gym, you know, but, um, it's been cool to see some people putting out um, things that you don't often see them uh, doing and, and kind of driving their followers to, try, to give it a shot. Yeah, one of my members actually asked me, like, do you think everyone having this home gym is going to negatively affect like boxes across the world and ours? Like, do you think people are just going to be like, oh, I'm just going to stay home and continue this? And you know, save my membership fees or whatever. What but do you think? What do you think? I mean, what was your answer? I don't think it's the case. I mean, like me personally, like fitness is my life and I don't have a home gym because I like, like besides extreme cases like this, I wouldn't use it because, you know, I love the classes and the community more than anything else. So yeah, yeah same. I'm a social creature, man. Like I'd it's some, some days I'm like, yes, yeah, is excellent. I'm, I'm glad that I'm spending more time in the garage because from time to time, obviously you just want to throw on a pair of headphones and like, just go dark. Um, yeah, by and large, like my, I, I far would prefer to be around friends. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think if you have quality coaches at your, 
uh, affiliates that people know that and they know the they know the quality of having a coach and being coached um, that you're not, you can get better at fundamentals and movement quality, but in order to really progress as an athlete, like you need some, you need eyes on you. Uh, yeah, for sure. For sure. And you can only, uh, as it was really funny actually for me to hear though, somebody the other day said that um, it might've been Guido Trinidad um, down in Miami. But uh, anyways, the, the, this coach who I, I knew and respect and I forget who it was, uh, was saying, oh, you know, it's almost easier to be a Zoom coach because, like, I'm just sitting here. I actually can see everyone at the same time. I'm like, <laughs> right. Uh, but, the, you know, you can't give tactile cues. You can't actually, like, you can't have that same interaction, you know? Like, if we were all sitting around a table, um, you know, having a coffee or a beer, like, it would be, it's a different conversation than it is if you're sitting through a computer screen. So, and then, you know, 10x that for coaching. So, I, I, I'm with you. You can't, you can't get that same time. Yeah. Tyler, and I, Tyler and I were laughing recently uh, talking about, how it's nice to roll out of bed in the morning, just come sit at your computer and, and start class. But it's funny when the class starts and everyone's muted themselves so they can listen to music. And it's just us in complete <laughs> silence, like, keep going, guys. Great job. It's, uh, it's been yeah, funny. Me. And we're, we're, uh, we're Jones to get back in the gym and actually be around our people. And yeah. like you said, be able to give tactile cues and, and help people out more like that. So, but it's been a nice little change. Yeah. Well, we're all going through that, like that uh, kind of growing pain, right? And I, I'm doing the uh, Zoom classes for CrossFit Mayhem. And I, only, I recently discovered, like, I can play my Spotify through my AirPods and still hear him. And the coach will mute everyone individually. So, like, he'll take the reins on, like, muting everyone. So, anyways, you still kind of get the interaction. But, yeah, I, I didn't think about it on the coach's side. It's probably pretty lonely. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little quiet. <laughs> it's a little awkward is what it is. Yeah. 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 So what's next no. for Rory McKernan? Um, man, it, we actually at CrossFit Mayhem is, is as busy, if not more than it's ever been. So, you know, Rich obviously has like a tremendous amount of verticals that he's, that he's operating in. And it's almost as much of a media company as it is anything else um, between Instagrams and trying to now supplement the online training stuff with, uh, with video material. Um, that's keeping us super busy, but uh, I'm not going to lie that the, the stay at home thing has definitely for, for me, it's been kind of a breath of fresh air. Like I've actually really enjoyed being around my family all the time, picking up a couple of new hobbies. Um, the challenge of not like just watching Tiger King, but also doing other things <laughs> like trying to diversify a little bit has been, um, yeah. you know, I'll give myself like a successful checkbox there. Um, but yeah, wh what's next is really just, um, we're trying to take, uh, trying to take CrossFit mayhem to the next level. Uh, continue to, uh, I'm sure a lot like what you guys are doing, just continue to build it out, uh, provide better services. And, and, um, also because Rich has such high touch with the world, like make sure that we're providing that to everybody who wants a piece of it. Yeah. Are you, uh, involved in froning farms at all? Does he have you feeding bison and stuff yet? <laughs> he doesn't need any help with that. I, I would say more like he tolerates people feeding the bison, you know, <laughs> um, which are radical, man. He just got, he had all females and he just got one big bull and, uh, they are really, really cool animals. Huh. Really cool animals. And are those course, located at the same place the mayhem is like off to the side or no, they're, uh, so you've seen what rich trains at the barn that's yeah. that's outside of his house. So that's like where he does his primary training. And so those, that's where the bison are located as well. Okay. Um, so yeah, you can, you know, do a couple thrusters, walk outside, feed him some bread <laughs> <laughs> or Rich can just go like run out there and just butt heads with them, get a little bit of wrestle. Yeah. Wrestle them down. <laughs> <laughs> I 
now we know his secrets. <laughs> yeah. So, so go ahead. You were like the face of the open, you know, for a lot of us. Do you think, like, is there any, are any future of you going back there, you think, or anything like that? Or um, any talks? Man, it's a great question. Um, well, here's what I think that if the question is like, is CrossFit HQ ever going to take those back over and invite me? The answer is no. Like I think Greg's right. planted a flag in the ground in terms of like, um, and, and I'll give him credit for this. Like um, the, the, what, what the community has probably learned after CrossFit media was dissolved was that live broadcasting is very difficult and it's very expensive. And so to Greg's credit, it was taking a huge amount of his business and um, in, in the form of human resources, like people focused on it and in the form of dollars. And, um, and so as a business owner, like I can see, I can understand the case for not doing it sort of. Um, so anyways, they, they won't take it over, but, um, I should have added to, uh, what am I doing next is I got a lot of the talented folks who, um, who used to be part of the media department with me who helped me with the mayhem classic this year. And we're looking to, to our best ability, partner with good brands and reprofessionalize a lot of the broadcasts in the space. And that means helping, you know, if you're in a, if you're, if you're a first year sanctional event, it's daunting period. And if you're a first year sanctional event and then you see the price tag on a live uh, broadcast, it's like, holy, I, you know, I can't even think about doing that. Um, much less live scoring and all that kind of stuff. So we're trying to help out, um, as many sanctional events as we possibly can. And if that, if that bleeds down into open announcements, absolutely. Um, but I, I take a great deal of, um, pride and joy and also being behind the scenes too. Like producing stuff is, is just almost as much fun as it is being on camera. Um, I love presenting and I love hosting. Um, but you know, first time I did that, I was 30 and 37 now, you know, like eventually old guys get out of the way, man, you know, you can't, <laughs> can't be walking out on the competition floor with a walker, right? You're not going to do uh Roe versus boss anytime soon. You know what? We got invited to uh, do a Zoom class with an affiliate and we're going to do it next Friday. That's oh, awesome. So it'd be a little, little Roe versus boss. And then actually, um, I did a YouTube video recently with Fraser where he was showing me how to use like the GoWatt app. And, um, and then he made me do, what did they have? They had, they had an open workout in uh, Norway at the Norwegian CrossFit Championship. It was 13.1 where you did... Um, snatches ascended in weight and you always did burpees uh-huh. remember that one it was like i can't yeah. remember 30 burpees every time and the burpees descended um no, the, so the snatches went down in reps but the weight went up all the way to 205 eventually which i didn't even get near um and the burpees did like 40 30 20 10 or something yeah and, uh, burpees. yeah so i did that and i made boz do it in his garage so i'm going to do a mashup of like us in different places at different times doing it but um yeah. No, hopefully Ro and Boz will ride again because that was, that was really fun. That was we fun. It, you know? and, yeah, um, that was awesome. Yeah, and people get, people get a kick out of it, I think, because it's, uh, it's relatable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Far more than watching you know, Matt and Tia. I can watch Matt and Tia do a, a workout, and it's really, really entertaining, but I have no idea how I'm going to do in the workout after I watch it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you said you started back when you were, were 30. I think it's a great great kind of segue. How did you get involved with media to begin with? What was it like in those early days? Um, oh, was it structured? Was it kind of flying by the seat of your pants? Or what was CrossFit media back then? Uh, it wasn't, it didn't exist. It was, uh, so I was actually, it was a little earlier than that, that I got involved. We didn't start doing live broadcasting. until I was a couple years deep in CrossFit. Um, 
but the uh, you want to say hi? Joel, work from home. Hey, hey, how you doing? But they all said hi. They think you're great. I beat it. <laughs> we know you're great. We don't yeah. think it. <laughs> okay. Um, so, oh, so the uh, the really long story short is that after after I was always into fitness, health and fitness, and um, would use that as my side gig. So, like after college or even through college, you know, I would I would got my basic training uh, stuff through NASM, and I was always working like in gyms or around gyms, and I was at the time that I found CrossFit, and everybody's kind of got their like found CrossFit story. I was living in those Montana doing seasonal work. Like I used to always do ski seasons and then go up to Alaska for fishing seasons. And I was about to leave for Alaska. I was working at uh, the Ridge Fitness Center in Bozeman, Montana. I'll never forget it. And uh, like collecting towels or whatever, you know, like wasn't even a trainer at that point. And, uh, and I found CrossFit. Me and my buddy fell in love with it. Went to Alaska for my last summer and was doing, uh, it was a really cool private lodge, but it was out in the middle of nowhere. I convinced him to bring out a, uh, a treadmill that I'd found on uh, Craigslist got some rudimentary equipment. So I had like just total bunk equipment and I was doing CrossFit kind of. Uh, and when I came back to the lower 48, I found a gym in San Diego. So um, I worked at, a, at an affiliate for two and a half, three years. And, um, and then I met the director of training. And then, so fast forward to the actual question that you asked. And uh, I went to the 2008 games. Um, it was the first date that I had with my wife actually. And um, I met the trainer or the, uh, the director of CrossFit uh, media and his name was Tony Budding. And a couple months later he was like, Hey dude, seems like you have fun with this stuff. I need, I need somebody cause we're getting so big. So at this point CrossFit was getting so big that they needed a second person in the media department. And I was like, yeah, cool. I, I could be your guy. And, um, was it structured kind of, you know, um, the deliverables were a lot less, but it was, um, you know, it was a, it was a very small team doing a ton of stuff cause we had the journal already existed at that point. Um, we were continuing to kind of increase the amount of content that we were posting on a daily basis. Like it started with just like a little photo stamp looking picture. And then eventually it was like a video and we thought we were like, you know, technological gurus cause we've got a video up. Um, <laughs> and then it was multiple videos a day and tons of people submitting videos from all over the world. Um, and that just kind of kept on growing and growing. Look at you now. Look at me now, man. Yeah. 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 The first update show was, uh, I just found it. Actually, it was really fun. It was me and Julie Fouché in the end of 2011. Oh, wow. Terrible. It was so bad. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, we just got a lot of reps after that. And uh, ultimately, they let me be on TV. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah. I know we're a Maybe little... We can, uh, uh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. It's all right. Maybe we could uh, have a, uh, a last question prediction from you if you have insight in this or maybe um, where you think it might go what does the 2020 season look like? so you you're breaking up at the beginning of that so i heard what does the 2020 season look like but you want me to kind of just pontificate yes please um well the 2020 season was a bit of a mess um beyond the control of any individual or, or person or um or entity really so from here, where we go, um, sadly, I think a lot of these affiliates who missed or postponed, they won't get a seat to the CrossFit game. So they won't be able to, to promote that or attract the athletes with that. So I'm interested to see, um, I'm interested to see how they'll deal with it. Like if they'll hold their, 
if they'll actually continue to hold their event like in September, October, what that means. And, and ultimately, I would really love to see the CrossFit Games um, organization announce something, let people know uh, if the game is going online, if it's not going online. But um, as far as like, what's my opinion of what it should do, it'd be, be stupid for me to even say anything. I just, I would love for them to make a decision and announce it so that everybody can kind of coalesce around there and decide what they're going to do. Um, the only thing I can say concretely is that like, I've got so much respect for the way that Rogue is handling this. Oh, um, yeah. And I'm really interested to see what an online competition looks like that pays $50,000 to a winner. Mm. That's going to be interesting to judge. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I guess no, no more or less than, uh, than the open, except that you'll theoretically be on a live broadcast, I think. Yeah. I hope. Just think, thinking of how much controversy comes from the actual games with, with physical reps in, uh, oh, yeah. oh, in yeah. place. So this could be fun. Your little home cooking now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, nobody's going to get fired up over 50 grand. Like, why would they? Right? <laughs> yeah. I guess, final, final question. Yeah. Um, this is fresh in my mind because I just watched uh, the latest Fittest documentary, uh, which was fantastic. So shout out to those guys, uh, the yep. Buttery Bros, for doing another piece of great work. Uh, a lot of controversy in there as well with uh, just the structure of the 2019 games, uh, obviously the getting rid of regionals and all the new stuff coming in and, and the cuts as well. There was a lot of big names who didn't make it very far. Uh, Strakowski and, and Belner were very vocal during that. What, what, were your t- what was your take on just the, the general layout of the 2019 games, the cuts in general? And do you think that's something they're going to use going forward? Or do you think there'll be some tweaks here and there? Um, I think that they will absolutely have to use cuts for the duration that they choose to continue to invite national champions. Uh, just, you know, cause there's so many ways to slice it. There's having been inside the bottle, like I, I like the logistics of running a comp. I don't know if you guys have run a competition before, but, um, mm-hmm. even 50 athletes is, is, uh, depending on what kind of workouts you want to do, how many lanes you have available, um, what the schedule of the day looks like. It's a, it's a really complex web of logistics. Um, so yeah, you'll, you'll have to have cuts if you're going to continue to invite national champions, which obviously we are this year. Um, I'll be the first to tell you that my, my analysis of this year's CrossFit or last year's CrossFit games will be jaded by uh, emotion. And I found that, you know, it, it felt like a, it was, Obviously, it was a weird year, but it felt kind of like everybody felt a little bit meh at the games this year, whereas the magic was absolutely still there. Like the, the folks who won should absolutely be tremendously proud. Um, I think the fittest on earth were crowned. Um, but yeah, the, the structure of the competition, I felt was a bit um, lackluster. And I, I wouldn't have a problem with cuts. In fact, like 2009 is one of my favorite years of the CrossFit Games ever. And there were cuts like almost on a, almost on an event by event basis, you know? Um, so my, my problem isn't necessarily with the cuts, but I think that where they were implemented, um, you know, could have been different, but, uh, by that, by Do you that think same, the programming played a, played a part in that? I don't, I don't dislike the programming of the games, I, but I, I feel that the placement of the cuts within the programming was, um, I just didn't like it. And again, like, I'm not here to tell you that Matt and Tia shouldn't be the fittest people on earth i mean of course it's just it, you can't even argue against that it's uh but i yeah i do feel like i saw castro's thing where he's, he's like oh matt fraser do you think that doesn't belong in that top 10 i mean yeah i'm sure fraser <laughs> surprised that he didn't respond actually you know because he's a pretty forward dude but um 
I think they're all amazing athletes. They all did a tremendous job, but yeah, some of those people probably didn't belong in the top 10. Yeah, I agree. I think the, and they, and they highlighted it in the documentary as well. The fact that we weren't testing strength until the final 10 was a very odd decision to make. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And, and again, like, lots of people were like, Oh, the sprint, the sprint, the sprint the sprint absolutely belongs there, but, but to make massive cuts right at that, at that point in time. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, yeah. I, I, I love seeing again, like I think cuts add drama, but I do like seeing a large pool of athletes against the entire test because the whole theory as far as um, we promoted it for years was you take this group of people and you put them against a large amount of tests. And at the end you can say who's the fittest because they showed strength and weaknesses across like this broad depth of, of tests, you know, but um, so it used to be, you could have one bad event or two bad events mm-hmm. um, and still bounce back because the bad events for someone else hadn't been exposed yet. Um, so I don't know, man, we, we could talk it in circles, but it is what it is. You know, it happened. Yep. Uh, it ain't changing. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Cause it, I think like you said to it, the cuts make it a lot more fun and you get to see you, you can't have any bad events. And if you do, you better make up for it right away. Yeah. Uh, it does kind of on the con side, take away from those comeback stories, the Saturdays and Sundays, someone in 15th place making their way onto the top five or even onto the podium. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of a little bit of give and take there, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And, and one thing that I actually heard in the, uh, God, was it in the doc or I've just heard it a lot. And people are like those poor national champions who traveled around the world for one event. I'm like, not a chance, dude. I talked to at least. I was killed to go there for one. Oh, event. dude, I talked to <laughs> 75 of them and they're like, I know exactly what I'm getting myself into. Yeah. <laughs> if you told me to do it all over again, I'd do the exact same thing again. So, um, that, that argument I think is dumb, but, uh, mm-hmm. or, or I just think it's ill-founded. Like I think that if they actually spoke to those people, they knew what they were getting themselves into and they're still proud to like walk out on the field with their flag and do one event. Yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, if you guys have a second passport, you know, <laughs> it work. Moving to Zimbabwe. Yeah, <laughs> boy. You look Zimbabwean to me. You do. You do. I was gonna, yeah. I was gonna guess. I just didn't want to yeah. be rude. Right. <laughs> well, we appreciate you giving your time to us, Rory. It was a, it was an awesome gift for us to get you on the podcast, and excited for our members to hear you speak and. Um, just thank you for what you do and supporting the community in the way that you do. Hey, my pleasure, brother. I, I, yeah, it's an honor to be here and, and uh, much love to your members and thank you members for supporting these guys in this uh, crazy time when, uh, yeah, we all need to kind of pitch in and help. Amen. Thanks, okay, guys. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks, brother. Take care.